All right, good morning, everybody. Can everybody hear me? Okay. All right, we're going to kind of keep on rolling along in the Old Testament. Today we're moving on to the book of Joshua. Can you hear me? Okay. Um, yeah. Let me cut it on and off again and see if that'll work. Okay. Um, but we're moving on in the book of Joshua, and this, this picks up, of course, with the death of Moses. Um, if you make your way there to Joshua chapter 1 and verse 2, it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Uh, now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even the children of Israel. Um, and not only do we see Jesus here in type, in, here in Joshua, but he, he literally shows up uh, as a man in Joshua chapter 5. And that's where we're going to begin today, and we'll, then we'll back up and, and uh, we're going to look at Rahab today. But uh, if you will, go to Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5, beginning in verse 13. It says, And it came to pass when Joshua was, was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord, I am, I am now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship. And said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Okay. So how do we know this is Jesus? Well, he had to be God in some form, okay, because Joshua worshipped him, right, in verse, verse 14. And he's, of course he's talking face to face with this man, and we talked about this last time, you know, and that tells us it's not God the Father because John 1.18 tells us that no man has seen God at any time, okay? He's not wearing a veil and there's no cloud around him, you know? So he, he's literally looking at him directly face to face. But he does worship, you know, like it says there, and the man doesn't tell him to get up. So it's not an angel. We know it's not an angel. Um, he, actually, he actually demands more worship of him. Um, he tells him to lose his shoe, okay? And that's a curious thing, but um, he said, take off your shoes. Well, where have we heard that before? Um, go back to Exodus chapter 3. <clears throat> Turn back to Exodus chapter 3. <clears throat> Exodus chapter 3. At the bur- here we're here at the- Moses is here at the burning bush. It says in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 5, And he said, uh, Do not dry- draw nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Uh, and Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Okay? So, you know, removing shoes is a sign of, of humility. Um, first of all, it's probably the, the dirtiest part of your body, you know, especially back then if you're walking around in sandals or something like that. But it's a picture of our, you know, of our sinfulness, you know, even after we get saved. You know, Jesus, remember, Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Um, and that was a reminder that he had the he had the, the authority to forgive sin. Okay, and 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 it's something that comes up often, you know, with the Lord in mind. Uh, this idea of taking off your shoes um, it, it it points to his righteousness and his faithfulness. Um, this idea of removing your shoes. Um, John the Baptist rem- mentioned it. Go to um, go to, go to the New Testament book of John, chapter one. John chapter one. John 
John chapter 1. In verse uh, 25, it says, And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not that Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? Um, John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, for there standeth one among you whom you know not. And here it is in verse 27. He it is, whose coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoe latchet I am not worthy to unloose. Okay? And the reason he, he, can't, he wasn't worthy is because Jesus is sinless. Okay? And, and, but when, when we stand before, before him, or when, when Joshua stood before him in the Old Testament, he, he had to remove his shoes. Right? Um, it's a picture of the Lord keeping his promise also. It's, it's, a, it's a picture of him keeping his covenant. Um, if you go, to, um, go back to the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 29, Deuteronomy chapter 29, <clears throat> beginning in verse 1. It said, These are the words of the covenant which the Lord commanded Moses to make with the children of Israel in the land of Moab, beside the, beside the covenant which he made with them in Horeb. And Moses called unto all Israel and said unto them, You have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt unto Pharaoh, and to all his servants and to all his land. The, the great temptations which thine eyes have seen, the signs and those great miracles, Yet the Lord hath not given you a heart to perceive and eyes to see and ears to hear unto this day. And here it is in verse 5. And I, have, I led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes are not waxing old upon you, and thy shoe is not waxing old upon thy foot. So their shoes never wore out because God preserved them. Okay, he, it, it, it wasn't because they were faithful. It's because he, he was, he's faithful. Okay, um, It was a symbol of, of redemption, that, that shoe. Um, if you if you go past to the book of Joshua to the book of Ruth, Ruth chapter four, Joshua judges Ruth, and Ruth, again the book of, book of Ruth is all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Um, it says in Ruth uh, chapter four. Uh, let's see, verse 5. <clears throat> it said, Then said Boaz, uh, What day thou buyest the field of uh, the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar my own inheritance. Redeem thou thy, my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. Um, now this was the manner in former time in Israel concerning redeeming. That's what we're talking about. Redeeming and concerning changing. For to confirm all things, a man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor, and this was a testimony in Israel. Um, therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, Buy it for thee, so he drew off his shoe. Okay, so again, you see this idea of removing your shoe. Okay, so anytime you're reading the Bible and it mentions taking off your shoes, okay, and just, you know, a lot of times just feet in general, um, it's, it's a good indication that it, it may be talking about Jesus in some, in some way, you know, his redemption or, or his coven or something like that. Um, and that's why, you know, you see here in Joshua 5, he's standing before, he's literally standing before the Son of God. And, and the, you know, the one that John the Baptist said, whose who's shoe, you know, shoe latchet I'm not worthy to unloose, um, the one who would ultimately be his redeemer, and he tells Joshua to loose his shoes, okay? The same thing that, you know, the Lord told Moses out of the burning bush, okay? So there's no doubt who this is in the book of Joshua. He, he's, he's standing before, before Jesus Christ uh, in the Old Testament, 
okay? Um, but I, that's just one I wanted to point out. Uh, the next one, and I just want to spend the rest of the time talking about this one, uh, is the story of Rahab, okay? Uh, go to Joshua chapter 2, Joshua chapter 2. Verse 18, we'll begin in verse 18. It says, Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window, which thou didst let, let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head, and we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with, with thee in the house his blood shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. And if thou utter this our business, then we will quit of thine oath which thou hast made us to swear. And she said, According unto your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet line in the window. Okay, and this is, of course, where we get the, you know, you hear that phrase that there's a, a scarlet thread of redemption from Genesis to, to Revelation. Um, the scarlet thread represents the blood of Jesus. Okay, so that, that's obviously where we see Jesus here in the book of Joshua. So they send, they send in two spies, you know, originally. <clears throat> Why two? Because, you know, to begin with, they sent in 12 spies in, in, the, in the land to, to spy out the land, and, and only two gave a good report, so I guess they figured, hey, just, we'll just send two. Maybe, I don't know. But they sent two spies in. Um, it says in Joshua 2, verse 1, and, and Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came in, 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 into a harlot's house, named Rahab and lodged there, okay? And the thing is that, that everybody here already knew about Israel and about the God of Israel, okay? There's, there, that's mostly true today. You know, most people know at least something about Jesus. You know, they've at least heard his name, but, you know, it's what you do with him that matters, right? Um, and the, the king of Jericho probably didn't, they probably, he probably didn't have good intentions toward those two spies. You know, he was, looking, he was either going to question them or imprison them or something like that. But he sent, he sent men to find these men, probably, to, again, to question them. But Rahab received these men, okay? And, again, a lot of people may question Jesus, but, you know, have you received him? You know, have you received him in faith? That's, that's the question. But Rahab received the spies, but more importantly, she received the truth of their God, okay? Um, look at Joshua chapter 2 there, uh, verse 6. <clears throat> it says, but she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax which she had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them the way to Jordan under the fords. And as soon as they, they which pursued after them were gone, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came up upon, them, upon, upon unto them upon the roof. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your, your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how, how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you, you did unto the kings of the Amorites that were on the other side, Jordan, Sihon, and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Okay? So three things that she said there. You know, she, said, she said, we heard, we heard. And then verse 9, she said, I know. Okay? And that's, that's the basis for belief. And, and belief, belief is salvation. Okay? You know, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Um, Romans 10, 17 says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay? And that's what she did. She heard. She heard the account um, of what, 
what their God was doing, the record of what their God was doing, and she believed that he was the, you know, he was the God in heaven above, like it says in verse 11, the God in heaven above and the earth beneath. Um, and that's exactly how salvation in Christ works. Um, 1 John 5.10 says, He that believeth on the Son of God hath a witness in himself. He that believeth not hath God made, a, made God a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. I mean, it's that simple. No, no mention of works here, because works can't save you. Um, the gospel is something to be believed, you know, not something to do. It's, it's the record that God gave of his son. You know, Rahab was saved by faith, and we'll see that soon. Um, so because of her belief, she hid the spies. You know, she, that's something you, you have to understand so you don't get off. People will say, well, no, well, no she was saved because of her works, you know, because she, because she saved the spies. Um, or that they'll say, well, her, her works proved that, that she that she you know she had faith not so fast okay um, go to go to jo- look at Joshua chapter two there look at verse twelve uh, it says now therefore I pray you swear unto me by the Lord since I have showed you kindness that you will also show kindness in my father's house and give me a true token okay so she said he said she said I showed you kindness so you show me kindness right um, I did something for you now you can do something for me. Okay, I did a good work, now save me, right? Um, now, does that sound familiar? You know, is that eternal salvation? No, that's not eternal salvation. Um, Paul makes that very clear. Um, go to, go, turn, me, turn me to Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. Look at verse 6. <clears throat> Romans 11, verse 6. It says, If by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But, it be of, it, but if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. See, it's one or the other. It's either grace or it's works. It, there's no combination thereof. Okay, Rahab did a good work here, but the work, the, the, the work didn't save her. Okay, eternally speaking. Okay, eternally. Because that's what people will say, and we'll, we'll, we're going to look at this all in a minute. Um, go back to Joshua chapter 2, look at verse 18. Um, <clears throat> it says, Behold, when we come into the, to the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother, thy brethren, and all thy father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head, and we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be seen with thee in the house, his blood shall be upon our head, if, if any hand be upon him. Um, so, you know, staying behind that, star, that scarlet cord is what kept them saved. Um, this is the same thing we see, you know, when we, we studied about the cities of refuge, right? Um, if you stepped outside the city, you were dead. You know, the, the family member could kill you, and they, they had a legal right to do so. You had to be in the city, okay? That, and that represents being in Christ, right? Um, that's the issue. Same thing for the Passover back in Egypt, right? Um, you had to be behind the blood on the doorpost to be to be safe, right? Um, it, it all pictures the blood of Christ. Uh, but regardless, uh, Rahab's faith is ultimately what got her and her family behind the behind the blood, behind that behind that scarlet scarlet cord. Um, she heard and she believed, okay, and her and her whole household was saved from destruction, right? In the temporal sense. 
you know, it's like, like Paul said, you know, the, the, the Philippian jailer said, what must I do to be saved? He's, and Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Okay? That's the picture we see here. She was saved and her whole house was saved because they, they had enough faith to stay behind that, that scarlet cord. Um, go, to, go to Joshua chapter 6. Skip over to Joshua chapter 6. Look at verse 17. It says, And the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein to the Lord. And only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are, are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. Okay, skip down to verse 25. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive in her father's household and all that she had, and she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day, because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Okay? So she was saved in the temporal sense, okay, because she hid the messengers, right? Um, because she did a good work. Okay, doing good works and being obedient will save you from a lot of bad situations, right? Um, that's true of believers and non-believers alike. Um, that was true with Israel in the Old Testament under the, you know, under the law. Um, and that's even true today, you know. But let's, let's get some context. Um, I'm going to go to Hebrews 11 and we're going to go to James um, so go to Hebrews 11 first, Hebrews chapter 11, to the faith, the faith Hall of Fame here. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11. Um, skip down to verse 30. And it says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down, and they were compassed about seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she received the, the, the spies with peace. Okay, So you know, people will read the account of Rahab where it says that she was saved because she hid the spies, that verse we just read. And they'll say, see, it wasn't because of her faith. She had works too. You know, you, you have to have works or you're not saved, or you, you have to have a faith that works, right? That's what they'll say today. Well, this whole chapter refutes that idea because over and over it makes clear that it's all by faith. You just see that term over and over, by faith, by faith. Um, and you can't change the definition of faith because it says in verse 31, uh, by faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that what? Believe not, right? Um if she perished with them that believed not, why did she not perish? Because she believed. And that's all she did. She believed. Um, it's always believing or not believing. You know, just all throughout Scripture, believing or not believing. That's, that's the only choice you have with salvation, believing or not believing. And this is an illustration of the blood of Christ. It's just believing or not believing. Okay? Go to James chapter 2. Go over to the next book. James chapter 2. And of course, this is the favorite passage of those who teach a backdoor work salvation, you know, a subtle work salvation. And I know I harp on this one a lot, and I'll stop harping on it when they stop twisting it, okay? <laughs> um, you're, they'll say you're saved by faith, but, you know, and they, then, they, then they're going to just completely negate everything that, that grace is when they say that. Anytime you add but in there, you're going to mess it up. Um, but nowhere in Hebrews 11 do you, say, do you see it saying, by faith, but. It just says by faith, over and over, by faith, by faith. Um, it's just by faith. Um, and it's easy to cherry-pick verses in James chapter 2 to teach works, but not if you read the whole Bible in context. Okay, you, you just can't get there from, from there. 
Um, just like Romans 11, we read that if it's grace, it's not, it's not work. It's one or the other, right? Um, it's not of works, lest any man should boast. Hundreds of script, clear scriptures telling us that works have nothing to do with salvation, and, and yet people persist with trying to mix faith and works. You can't do it. You can't do it. Okay, it's just by faith. It's just by believing the gospel. And if you have a good foundation before you read the book of James and you do the study, it's not an issue. It's not an issue. And they always start in, in, in James 2.14, but we're going to back up a little bit. Go to verse 10, James 2.10. It says, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Okay. Now with that said, if you think you're going to turn from your sins or repent of your sins to be saved, good luck with that. Okay. Um, and people say, well, turning from sin is not keeping the law. You know, well, what does the Bible say? 1 John 3, 4 says that whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for the, the sin of this for sin is the transgression of the law. So, you know, if, if your salvation is based on turning from sin, your, your salvation is based on keeping the law, right? It's common sense. There's, there's no way around it. Um, but they don't start there because, you know, they don't start in verse 10 because false teachers don't care about context. They start in James 2.14. Um, look there, James 2.14. It says, What did it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? Well, save him from what? That's the question. Um, what would have happened if Rahab um, had faith in the Lord? And she did. Um, but she had not helped those two spies. Well, she, she probably would have, would have died with the rest of the people in Jericho, okay, um, and her family. Um, so she and her family would have died in the temporal sense, right? Um, they would have lost their lives, right? Um, her faith would not have saved her, but it would, it would have in the eternal sense, okay, if she had placed her faith in the Lord. In the, in, in, in the Lord. Um, again, having good works and being obedient will save you as a believer from a lot of things, Okay, it will save you from being chastised by the Lord, right? Like David was, like King David was. Um, it'll save you at the judgment seat of Christ in the sense that it will earn you some rewards if you live a good and obedient life, right? Um, and it will, prof it will profit you, right? And that's what it says in verse uh, 15, uh, James 2, verse 15, if a, if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace and be you warmed and, and filled, Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Okay? If you don't clothe someone who needs clothes um, or feed them, it doesn't profit them, right? Um, if, you, if, you don't share the, if you share the gospel with somebody who's lost, who does that profit? It profits them, right? I already have my salvation, okay? And I can't lose it. If I, if I don't share the gospel, even though I'm already saved, um, who does it profit? Nobody. You know, do I still have faith? Yes, I still have my faith. Um, and, and that's the gist of, of verse 17. Um, there it says, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Okay. Um, the problem is that verse 17 is, is taught to mean that a dead faith is not, a, is not a, a real faith, a saving faith, as they say. Okay. Which is absolutely not true. Okay. A dead faith is described in verse 17 as being alone. Okay, how are we saved? By faith alone, right? So if it's alone, it's still a saving faith, right? It just makes common sense. It's just common sense. So a dead faith is still a faith that saves a person, right? Um, 
And it's the only kind of faith that saves. Um, but, but faith alone doesn't help anybody else. You know, you have to add to your faith and share your faith for it to be a profit to anybody else. Okay? Um, go, to, go to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Just to your right, 1 Peter chapter 2. <clears throat> Look at verse 11. He says here, Dearly beloved, I beseech you uh, as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the, which war against the soul. Okay? Who, are, who are the beloved? They're saved people, right? Um, why is he telling saved people to abstain from fleshly lusts? Okay? I thought saved people didn't do things like that. Right? That's what, that's what they'll tell you. That's what the, the Lordship folks tell you. That's what the Calvinists will tell you. You know? Um, but this is, an, this is an exhortation to believers to, to live a good life and, and abstain from, from you know, fleshly, fleshly lusts. Um, verse 12 says, Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may, uh, by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Okay? So Peter beseeches believers here to, to not be like the world, and that means they can, Right? Uh, but to have a good to have good works, why? To to prove they're saved? No, absolutely not. Um, why, why would why would why would God tell you to 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 have something to prove you're saved when you, you know to, to, when it tells you over and over in the Bible that those things can't save you? It makes that makes no sense. Um, so so the Gentiles, it says so that the Gentiles lost people will see your good works and they'll glorify God. Okay, that, that means that they'll credit those good works to something that God has done in you, and, and they'll want what you have. Okay, that's, that's basically what it means. You know, if I'm saved and I'm going to heaven, but I don't reach out to others, that doesn't profit anyone else. Uh, and that's all this passage is talking about. Um, you know, James was not written to evangelize. That's, not, that's not, not, not the point at all. It was written to believers to get out there and do some good works. Um, when you see a believer who, who makes sacrifices for the Lord to serve the Lord, um, you know, you say that that person has a great faith, right? Um, people can say they have a great faith, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. You know, we, we judge whether a person has a great faith or not by what they do, you know, by their actions, by what they, they give up to serve the Lord sometimes. Um, they, they demonstrate their faith by their works, okay? And, and then we have these two examples, um, of Abraham and Rahab, go back to James chapter 2. And, you know, people will read this, but they, you know, they don't go any further. And then they come out with this, this works-based salvation. Uh, go to James chapter 2 and verse 21. We're going to get back to Rahab here in a minute. Um, James chapter 2, verse 21. It says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar. Seest thou how faith wrought with, with his works, and by faith, works was faith made perfect. Uh, and the scripture was fulfilled which said, uh, Abraham believed God and it was imputed to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified, not by faith only. See, it says that he was justified by works, okay? Case closed. Well, at first, glance, at first glance, you know, we know that Romans 5.1 says that therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, okay? So clearly something is missing here, okay? 
Um, James cannot be talking about eternal salvation. He cannot be talking about eternal salvation. And, and we know he's not, okay? Um, all throughout James chapter 2, he, he calls them brethren, okay? Um, you, you back up, you look at the, the first chapter. Um, let's see. Verse, uh, let's see where it is. Verse, verse 5, uh, hearken my beloved brethren. Uh, verse 1, it begins with my brethren, okay? He, he, and he's not questioning their salvation. Um, James 2.24, um, it says, You see then how that by works a man is justified. How means in what way? Okay, in what way was he, was he justified? And that's the question. How or in what way was Abraham justified by works? That's what we have to establish to understand James chapter 2. Well, it wasn't for eternal life. We know that for sure. Okay? You'd have to contradict the entire scripture to believe that. Okay? And it, it, and it doesn't prove salvation either because lost people do good works all the time, right? Um, you can't judge by their works. So we're going we're gonna to do what the devil doesn't want you to do and what false teachers don't want you to do, and we're going to keep digging. We're going to keep digging. You know, if you don't have assurance, you know, most of the time it's your own fault because you just, you know, you, you've got to get in there and, and you, you've got to stop trusting man's word over God's word and you've got to figure it out. You know, you've got to figure out what the Bible says. Um, you have to prove it out on your own. So uh, go to Romans chapter 4. Go back to Romans chapter 4. <clears throat> the question is, do, do our works have anything to do with salvation? Did Abraham's works... Did, did Rahab's works play any part in their salvation? Okay, about to find out. Romans chapter 4, uh, verse 1. Uh, what shall we say then that, that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory. Okay, but here's, here's the kicker. But not before God. Okay, you need to underline that in your Bible if you write in your Bible. But not before God. Um, if Abraham were justified by works, he could glory, he could, he could brag, he could boast, right? But not before God, okay? Um, so who, who is he being justified before in James chapter 2? If it's not before God, it has to be before man, okay? No flesh can be justified, you know, by works in God's sight. God will never look at you and say, wow, he's, he's so good, you know? He'll never say that. It's never going to happen. But your works justify you before men. It's... it's, it's it's a testimony to others that that was true of Abraham, and he was he was declared righteous right, way before you know way before he he sacrificed Isaac or, or offered Isaac for a sacrifice, uh, way before that, decades before that. Um, but we see Abraham as having a great faith because he was willing to give up the most precious thing he had. We can see that, right? Um, something you can see and see this this is what lordship folks want. They they want to see your salvation. They want to see it. Okay, just that was the, that was the case in the Galatian. That was the Galatian error. They wanted to ha they wanted them to get circumcised, you know. And, and, and Paul even said at the end of Galatians, he said they, they want to glory in your flesh. They want to see your salvation. Okay, um, but the thing is, you can't. You can't. Uh, the only way I can I can discern whether you're saved or not is by your profession, your your confession. You know what you believe. You tell me you believe that. That, you know, Christ died for your sin, was buried and rose on the third day, and you're putting all your faith in His word, then I assume you're, you're saved. That's the only way I can know that you're saved, okay? Um, but only you and God know if you're saved. I, I can't see your heart. I can't see your faith. 
Um, you know, I could, and, and works don't prove your faith either. They don't, they can't prove your faith. Uh, you know, I can be saved and, and be on fire for the Lord and, and just go for 10, say 10 years serving the Lord, teaching, doing, you know, witnessing to people, just, just completely on fire for the Lord. And then I can, you know, something can happen and I can get backslidden and I can just stop. I could just stop serving the Lord and, and just go back to the world and, and living like I was before. The question is, am I still saved if I do that? Yes, absolutely. Um, that's, what, that's the definition of eternal life. When you, know, when you get eternal life, it's forever. It doesn't matter what you do. But my faith, my faith is dead when I do that. When I stop, my faith is dead. Um, it's not profiting anyone else, okay? anyone but me. Um, it doesn't say faith without works doesn't exist, okay? Because that's what people will say. Um, it says faith without works is dead. And that's the problem. People don't understand the word dead for some reason. Um, go back to James chapter 2, and they'll use this, this verse as an example. Go to James chapter 2, look at verse 26. This is for as the body... Without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Okay? So as, as the body without the spirit is dead, so let's just say we're having a funeral today and it's me. I'm dead, right? So just picture this as being a coffin, okay? And I'm laying in there. Um, and somebody comes in here that doesn't know who's in the coffin, right? Well, I'm in the coffin, right? And they, and they turn to you and say, who is that up there? You wouldn't say nobody, right? You wouldn't say that, that he doesn't exist. You'd say that, that's Chad in the coffin. Right? It's the same, it's the same thing. You know, it's, it's the same thing. Um, faith without works is dead, but it's still faith. It doesn't, it doesn't cease to exist just because you're not, you're not working. Right? Um, so, you know, even in, in, in verse 14, the verse that they, they so often use, it says, what did it profit my brethren? Again, he, he's talking to believers. He's talking to believers here. He's trying to get his brethren, his, believer, his believers here to get up and do some good works. Right, not just sit around and, and say, "Hey, I've got faith. I don't need to do anything else." He wants to get get them out there and, and do some good works. But the reason, you know, we go through all this is to get to this example of Rahab because that's our picture of Jesus and Joshua. Um, look at James chapter two, verse twenty-five. It says, "Likewise, also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers uh, and had sent them out another way?" For as, again, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So, see, Rahab, uh, she convinced others of her faith by receiving the messengers and hiding them. Um, they even bring her into the tribe. You know, she's she's mentioned in the, in the genealogy in Matthew chapter one, um, in the in the in the genealogy of Christ. But people use James too to prove that works are part of salvation. But Rahab, you know, think about this: Rahab was a prostitute. Okay. Um, what was the one condition of her being saved? Uh, did they say, hey, no more prostitution for you, right? Um, or we can't spare your life. Uh, no, she just had to get behind that scarlet cord. That's all she had to do. That's all they told her as a condition of being saved. How about, how about, how about her family that was with her? Did they, you know, did they say, hey, um, you know, I see you've got an uncle here who's an alcoholic. You know, well, he can't take part. He, he's got to... He's got to give up that alcohol before, before we're going to save him. Did they say that? No. They just said, you, you and your family, you stay behind that scarlet cord and you'll be saved. Okay? Um, one condition, they just had to be behind that scarlet cord, behind the blood. 
Okay, and that's, that's why we see this as probably the greatest picture of Jesus and Joshua, because this, this one condition, there's just one condition to be saved by Jesus. Okay, um, go to Romans chapter 3 real quick. We're, we're about to finish up. Romans chapter 3. chapter 3 verse 25 it says whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood okay and that's that's the, that's the scarlet cord that, that we picture here um, to declare his righteousness that's Jesus's righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God to declare I say at this time his righteousness that, that he might be just and the justifier of him that repents of his sins is that what it says no Okay, of him which believeth in Jesus. That's the one condition. Okay, and that's all Rahab and her family did. You know, they, they got behind that scarlet cord and they and they were saved from destruction. Okay, same thing with our salvation. That's our that's our picture of Jesus uh, and Joshua. And there, of course, many more. But we'll we'll look at that next time. Any questions or comments? Thank you. All right, I'll close in prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for your word as we come here today to see pictures of Jesus in the Old Testament, Lord. And as we read about the scarlet cord, Lord, we're thankful that you made salvation so simple, Lord. And it's just pictured by that scarlet cord that, that they hung in the window. And, 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 and as long as they stayed behind that cord, they were saved. And Lord, we're thankful that once we put our faith in you and, and, and your, in the blood of your son, Jesus, uh, that we're saved uh, just as we are, Lord. Uh, and, and, then, and once we believe we're in Christ, and there's nothing that can, can take that away from us, Lord. We're thankful for that. And if there's anybody listening to this today, I pray that they'll uh, realize they're a sinner, uh, realize they, they have a sin debt, that, that Christ paid that debt. He, he, he died, he, was, he buried, was buried and rose on the third day, and if they'll simply put their faith in Him, they'll be saved just as they are. We thank you for that, Lord. And I uh, pray for the rest of the service today. We pray for Pastor Barry and, and all the rest of the teachers and, and the baptism that we're having today, Lord. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.